Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Hello, Savvy Souls. I'm participating in an art show in a couple days. And by the time you hear this, that show will be over. I usually record these about a week ahead. This morning, another artist shared with me how she always loves the idea of participating in an art show ahead of time. But when the show actually arrives, when it's actually time for it and her artwork gets displayed, it starts to feel really uncomfortable for her to be there because she starts feeling inadequate about her work and worried about the judgments. She's worried about showing it. And I've often felt the same way. I've looked forward to a show where I'm showing my work, and then I end up feeling unbearably vulnerable during the show. I watch people's reactions and find evidence that they don't love my artwork, and I screen out evidence of people actually liking it. I think I've talked about this show before, but it was so dramatic in terms of my reaction of it. I'll share it again. There was an art show I did a couple years back, and it was just a show where I only had one piece in it. And I had loved that piece until it got displayed at the gallery. And as soon as it was up on the wall, I decided I didn't like it, and I held on to that during the show, I just sat in huge negative judgment about it. And I spent most of the show down in the lounge in the same building with my daughter having a glass of wine. And it was even to the point where a few people dropped by to say that they really loved it and asking me questions about it. And I just put them off saying, you know, I hate it and I'm painting over it as soon as I get home, which I did. So yeah, really not showing up loving my work. And yet I've had other art shows where I didn't feel that way at all, where I enjoyed my art and showed up feeling my enjoyment in it and people fed off of that enjoyment. So like most of the things I talk about in this podcast, these experiences I have with my art and the issues I face as an artist are just an example of a much larger issue that's relevant outside of the art world that I want to share with you because I think it could be helpful to you in your life. So today, that larger issue is what happens when we sit in self-judgment. What happens when you decide you're not good enough? When you decide what you're producing isn't okay, the skills you've acquired aren't sufficient, the way you show up is inadequate and needs to be fixed. I want to talk to you about why that happens, why and when you judge yourself harshly like that, and how those judgments affect you, and how to take steps to lessen 
your negative self-judgments. And I'll explain why I think that's a good thing. I think there are a variety of contexts where each one of us leans towards berating ourselves for not being good enough. We give a speech and we judge it as inadequate. We get dressed up for an event and we think everyone else looks better. We submit an idea to our boss or to a publisher and we tighten up with anxiety as we imagine all the reasons our submission won't land well. We come home from a social event and decide we did 10 things wrong. We torture ourselves with the idea that people won't like what we say, what we offer, what we do, what we produce, or who we are. From coaching all the people I've coached, I'd say it's extremely rare to find a person who's not self-critical about some things. In fact, at least in my coaching world, it's never happened. So why do we all do this? Why do we all constantly criticize ourselves? I think a big reason why we do this, why we judge ourselves harshly, is because we secretly believe it's useful. We believe if we're harsh judgers of ourselves, we'll be motivated to do better, be better, to grow and evolve as a human being. We worry that if we don't criticize ourselves, we'll stay stagnant. We'll be content as we are and do nothing to change ourselves for the better. So we get into the habit of self-criticism. And as we naturally grow and evolve, we think criticizing ourselves helped create that. We think if we hadn't done that, we wouldn't be where we are now. I know my dad, who was a teacher and educator, definitely thought a lot of criticism was necessary and what spurred our growth. In my generation, I think a lot of our parents believe this, but it's also something I see in my younger clients, this idea that it's useful to find fault with myself so I can improve. But when you break down self-criticism, it doesn't operate like that at all. I'd venture to say that, yes, you might be self-critical and you might also be successful, but I want you to know that your success isn't a result of it. You've succeeded despite it. Let me elaborate on what I mean by that. Imagine you're a member of a book club and you want to volunteer to lead a discussion of a book you just read and loved and want to share with the other members. But when you think about volunteering, you also think, oh, I'm not as smart as the other book club members. They might have better ideas about the book than I do. And anyway, I'm not a good presenter. These kind of self-criticisms will tend to make you feel inadequate, unsure, afraid. And you'll be less likely to volunteer. And you'll miss that opportunity for growth. This is an example of how a habit of judging yourself and your skills negatively can cause you not to take the actions that would improve your confidence and improve your speaking in that book, book club uh, example. If you decided to volunteer anyway, it would be despite the self-criticism. It would be from a thought like, oh, I might feel uncomfortable and that's okay. Or a thought like, 
I have something useful to share and I'm going to share it. Your action of volunteering would come from compassion for yourself or from encouraging thoughts about what you can do. I think if you look back and explore the positive actions you've taken in your life and the good outcomes you've obtained, you won't trace them back to negative judgments about you. Instead, you'll be able to trace them back to self-compassion and encouraging thoughts. I think you'll discover that self-criticisms are not and never were a useful habit. Another reason I believe we fall into self-criticism is an illogical but common feeling that it's productive to do that. This is true in a situation where you've already signed up, you've already committed to doing something, and you find yourself criticizing yourself and judging yourself as inadequate in some way. This is like in my art show example, where I was committed to the show, but I showed up and decided I didn't like my work after all. Or when you show up at a social event and decide you don't fit in. Or when you work on a committee and judge yourself as having nothing to offer and on and on. In all the situations where you've judged your work as inadequate, who you are is inappropriate, your knowledge base as insufficient. And you've done that. Notice you've done that without any feedback from anyone else to support those opinions. It's all coming from you. When we're doing this, we're doing something I call judging ourselves ahead of time. What's really happening is we're so worried about what other people might think. We imagine the worst judgments about us, and then we assume they're true. It feels somehow like thinking this way protects us so that we won't be disappointed if other people do end up negatively judging us. But it doesn't actually protect us at all. It just makes us feel terrible because we've already started believing the terrible judgments we have about ourselves, even though we've just made them up. We've judged those to be true. So we get to feel terrible in advance and then terrible again if other people do end up judging us. All we've done is double down on feeling terrible for a longer period. The other reason criticizing ourselves is not protective is that it actually leads to poor outcomes. What I've seen and experienced myself and watching other people is that other people tend to follow our lead. If we're proud, happy, excited, enthusiastic, joyful about who we are, about what we're presenting or saying. We're showing other people how to respond to us or to our work. These feelings we have about ourselves are infectious. We all want to believe in them. The other people around us want to believe in them, to share in these kinds of feelings, to be on the same page as us with these positive feelings. They want to join in the excitement and enthusiasm that we are sharing. Conversely, the opposite happens when we show up uncertainly, fearfully, not confidently, doubting ourselves with low energy. Those then are the feelings we're conveying. 
and we're actually teaching other people, yes, this is the way you should react to me. This is the way you should react to my work. So that's like in my art examples early on when I did the show and sat down in the bar and when people came to talk about my work, I dismissed them and told them it was terrible. I was teaching them that my work was terrible. Doesn't really produce a positive outcome, right? So Savvy Souls, I hope I've given you a little taste of why self-criticism doesn't work, why it's not a useful habit, and in fact, has to be overcome to achieve positive outcomes, and also why it's not protective and in fact, leads you to feeling terrible more of the time, and also has you teaching other people to think less of you and your work. So Savvy Souls, how can you lessen the amount of self-criticism you engage in. Just a couple tips you can try out. First, spend some time building awareness of how much you do criticize yourself. Be on alert for self-criticisms. Notice them and write them down. You want to build up awareness so that you can take preventative action. And we'll come back to that later. But just Awareness always is the first step in changing anything. Secondly, and this is important, it's a rule I'm making up for you. You do not get to criticize yourself for criticizing yourself. When we first find out how much we're criticizing ourselves, we start writing it all down, we tend to start feeling really critical, like, oh my God, look how much I'm criticizing myself. Oh, that's terrible. And all we're then doing is doubling down on the self-criticism. Instead, an approach like, huh, I was criticizing myself and that's okay. That's a human thing to do. Now I'm going to intentionally think, you know, and then we'll go on to the other steps of how you can change your thoughts about yourself. Okay. The third thing to do is build a case against the self-criticism. So imagine you're a lawyer and your opponent has come up with all the reasons you're terrible, or you're not doing well, or what you've produced is terrible. And now you're the lawyer on the other side and you have to make the opposite case. What are all the counter arguments that you would make? Or you can try the Byron Katie question I've shared with you before that is always so helpful. You can ask yourself, think whatever the critical thought is, such as, I'm not very smart, and then build a counter argument by asking yourself, is it absolutely true that I'm, for example, not very smart? Is it absolutely true I'm not very smart? And it's very rare that you'll be able to answer that it's absolutely true. And then the next step, is to ask yourself for all the reasons why. It's not absolutely true that you're not smart. Again, you're just building up the evidence against that thought for something you to think about the next time that self-criticism comes up. Fourthly, you can re-listen to this episode and pause and come up with more examples of how your successes and achievements and things you're proud of, come up with more examples of those 
and then remember the non-critical thoughts that led to those outcomes. And also think of examples of times you showed up with love and compassion and admiration and excitement and joy about what you had to say or offer and how that all worked out well. Do that so you can start to defeat those arguments that being self-critical is useful or somehow protective. Finally, be prepared always for a continued onslaught of self-critical thoughts and protect yourself by developing go-to thoughts you believe as a counter to your most common self-criticisms. You want to come up with a list of believable things like what I do like about this thing that I've produced is, and you've got your list, what I do well is, and again, you have your list. What I'm proud of here is, and again, you define that thing that you're proud of. What I can admire about what I've done is, and then you come up with the things you can admire. What's lovely about this opportunity is, and you complete that sentence thinking about what is lovely rather than what won't go well. And this aspect and you define it, of what I've done is good because, and then you set out your reasons. You want to develop those kind of reasons ahead of time to your most common criticisms. You'll find that you don't indulge for as long in the self-criticisms, and you move over to these other believable thoughts more quickly. Here's what I want to leave you with Savvy Souls. Criticizing yourself is a normal human strategy and not itself something to criticize, but it is something to build your awareness about, to understand and know your particular habits of it. And then self-criticism becomes something you can whittle down so you can show up more often with more motivation, more energy, and feeling better about yourself. Don't expect self-criticism to ever go away entirely. Our brains are very good at it. They're very good at coming up with new ways of doing it. But stay aware and don't automatically believe these self-criticisms. Let go of the idea that thinking this way is useful. Be compassionate with yourself this week. Savvy souls. See you next time. Bye now. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.